Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. I am going to dismiss the kids for Sunday school. Ashley is going to trade out with Rochelle, and she's going to go up and teach now. And so um, still going to have Sunday school. So that's exciting. Last week, we did not uh, have kids in our second service. So like we had kids in the first service, and then Wanda isn't able to make it because of the cold and stuff. And so, you know, some of those times it's like, well, I guess we picked a rough one to go to... Uh, two services. <laughs> so um, I am excited about this message. Hopefully y'all didn't watch it in the first service and know exactly what I'm going to say. Like, obviously I'll say some things differently this time around, but um, just so you know, um, they're going to be pretty similar, but I love this story, but I'm going to give you full disclosure. Is there anyone in here that listened to the first message? Cindy! <laughs> Come on, Tammy. Oh, my word. Like, listen to the message. Well, then you all know what I'm going to do. It's like, <laughs> it's going to be real similar. All right. I'm preaching to you, Betty. <laughs> there's a few, there's a few in here that I didn't preach to this morning. All right. You know, um, and so they're going to like the surprise. So full disclosure for those of you that did not listen to the message, the first service. I don't know how to describe it. Like there are some, there are some uh, gross things that I'm going to talk about in this service, but, but, but in this mindset, you, you, you've got to take that mindset of like, uh, of a physical and put on the spiritual hat. You gotta, you gotta have that mindset. Okay. That's the one you want because some of these things like I'm going to talk about, you're gonna be like, is that necessary? And yes, 100% everything that I talk about today is necessary. So you know, I totally forgot to say this last week. My grandma skipped because she wanted to watch the Super Bowl. And then um, <laughs> she was going for the she was going for the Buccaneers because she's a Tom Brady fan. And uh, <laughs> my grandma was like, don't you dare tell people that. And I was like, <laughs> well, grandma, I don't know what the excuse is for this Sunday. She was like, it's cold on my lungs. I was like, grandma, how do you know it's cold on your lungs? <laughs> and she was like, because when it's cold, it's cold on my lungs. <laughs> and I, she's like, it's really cold today. I was like, have you ever been in this weather before? She was like, maybe once when I was a little kid, I was like, well, see, you don't even know. <laughs> you might just be fine. <laughs> no, nah, it's real cold. <laughs> so uh, last week we started uh, a series uh, titled Mobilize. And, and last week we talked about uh, mobilizing our faith. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about mobilizing purpose. And so last week, we hit on mobilizing our faith. And, and we talked about how we need to have our faith in action. Faith is action. Like, faith shouldn't even be used as like a... You should never use faith as, oh, I have faith. It should be an action. Like, we should see the faith. Like, that's how faith works. It's like, uh, last week, we talked in James about how faith without works is dead. Like, it, what good is your faith if it has no works? Like that's literally what James says throughout that whole chapter. And uh, it's, really it's really difficult to find purpose if we have no faith. Because a lot of times, you know, like I, I talked a little bit about this. I told a story about my sister um, in, in 11 a.m. So when my sister was young, she used to sing all the time and it would make me so mad. Like it, it drove me nuts when she would sing all the time. And I would just like, I would tell her, Stop singing, stop singing. And I remember one time, I, I didn't say this in the first service, so fair enough. There's something new. Um, <laughs> I was, <laughs> there was, there's better amens in here, so you get a new part of the story. <laughs> um, uh, I was holding her, she was a little baby, and I remember praying for her. Oh, God, use her greatly, you know, like, and then she's singing, and I'm, like, mad about the voice that she, you know, I'm mad about this. And actually, I do think my sister has a pretty decent voice, like, I think she has a pretty good voice. And, and, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I got so upset when I was younger, but now I'm like, hey, Ashley, you want to come to Detroit Lakes and, you know, help us out. We need a singer. And so what I was saying is, you know, Ashley, yes, she has, she has a good voice, 
And, and, and sometimes we can be like, well, you know, I, I don't think I could sing because, like, I can't sing like that. Or, you know, I, I don't have that good of a voice. And so, okay, so you may not be a singer. Be okay with that. Like, I'm not a singer. I mess up that song every time. Like, I sing it in the shower. I sing, Lori, I was singing it in the bathroom when you came in and you heard it, okay? I was just belting it out, and it was just like, and I... <laughs> I walk out and I see her in here and I was just like, I know you can't hear anything in that bathroom. So, <laughs> um, and so <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm not that great, but like, I'll try it, you know, but that's not my strong suit. I have other things that I like to do. And there's some of you in here that have some strong suits of like being able to study the word of God and being able to pull things out of the Bible that even I have never seen. Be good at that. Be confident in that. You know what? There'll be things that I pull out of the Bible that you never see. And I hope that today when we talk about this story, there's some things you never saw in the Bible too. Um, I hope maybe you've read the story and you're like, oh, I know all this already, but we'll get in there. So one of the things is I don't like being an observer. Of sports, like I've never been able to get into uh, into into football, basketball, any of that. Like sitting on the sidelines does not, just doesn't. I don't enjoy it. You know, I, I like to be involved in it. When I joined the military, I joined not because of the college benefits, which I got none of. But when I joined the military, like I wanted to be in the fight. Like that's why I joined. Like I was like, I want to serve my country, and I was excited. Well, never got deployed, nothing ever happened. And I will tell you, I signed up for, I signed up, like, put my name on the list, like, send me, you know, like, here am I, Lord, send me, you know, and nothing ever, I never went, any, I, the only place I ever got sent was Fargo for the flood in 2009. My, my extent of, like, service to my country was sandbagging. Like, I mean, I enjoyed that time. I loved the military, but I never served overseas or anything like that. As much as I wanted to, God had other plans, and it's probably a good thing. But I didn't join to sit on the sidelines. I joined to fight. So I have this mindset when I am in ministry, and this is the mindset we should have in ministry. You know, we, we, we've got the list back there of different things that you have got to have this mindset that I am in this to get involved. Yes, I'm in this to win. I'm not here to sit on the sidelines. When I am doing ministry, I am fulfilled in my life. Like, I love to, it's not, it's not about like, oh, look, look what I did. But it's, 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 look what I helped the kingdom of God do. It changes, when you change that mindset, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I love it. Like, I, it becomes like a high. Like, I'm telling you. I just preached this message an hour ago, and here we go again, and I am still just excited about it as I was in the first service. Like, I, I love this concept of get off the sidelines. There's plenty of bench warmers in the church. Don't be a bench warmer. Get your butt into the fight, and let's, let's do something for God, okay? All right, so moving on. All right, so same's true today in the spiritual batter battle. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to attack. I'm tired of being on the defense. I want to be on the offense. Think about this for a minute. I should have brought this up with the faith thing last week, but I didn't. But today, Jim, here we go. All right. You know what? I think sometimes as Christians, we get comfortable with where we're at. You know what? Like, oh, well, you know what? The devil, he's big, bad, mean. And so I don't take any steps forward. Wait, does anyone know the year the Vikings went to the Super Bowl the last time? It was like in the 70s. 77, okay. 76, something, somewhere in the 70s. Like, that's a long time. Like, they've, they've lost a lot is what I'm saying. But you know what? They don't stop. They play their hearts out every single time. That You know, I'm going to give it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do everything. Sometimes I think the Vikings have got more faith in themselves than we have in God. Whew. There you go. Yeah, I better get an amen, Jim. <laughs> so, I, I, like if they can fight over a ball, what more should we do for the kingdom of God? How much more excited should we be and energized that God is going to do something in someone else's life? So I guess the second one's different. Okay. Purpose. So when I activate my faith, 
it's going to help me find purpose in the kingdom of God. When I have purpose, I know what I need to do. When, when, when I want to travel, what do I do? I, I turn on Google and I, and I, and I go and I go and I, and I pull it out and I, and I say, navigate to, we'll go to Winnipeg again. We'll go to Winnipeg. That's where we went in the first service was Winnipeg. Where am I going? And, now, and, and Google jumps in there and he says, or she says, whatever it is, it says, you know, we're go, it's going to take you three hours and 27 minutes and you need to take all these turns and all this stuff. And do you really want to do this? It always asks that question if it's a long trip. Do you really want to navigate? <laughs> I guess so. There are sometimes Google gets it wrong where I'll be like, I would like to navigate to here. And it says 14 hours. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure this is like a two hour drive. Apparently there's another place in like Tennessee that also has the same name. And for some reason, Google thought I wanted to drive there. Nope. <laughs> but I remember in the military, one of the things I learned, do you remember na land navigation? Oh, wasn't that fun stuff? No, it wasn't. I liked land navigation. It was like the one thing in my life that I was halfway decent at. I still kind of understand it. <laughs> Clicks, yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't under, don't necessarily understand. I think clicks is like having to do with something. How many like, um, like t sets of ten uh, of your pace you would have? I think that was one click. So you ten sets of your pace. So ten sets of your pace is however many steps. You know, crazy stuff. Okay, so, um, anyways, I brought a compass today, and you know what? One thing that's cool about the compass is if I know I want to go to Winnipeg, I know which direction I have to head. Right? Which direction is it? Yeah, you're cheating. You already heard this. You can't tell. <laughs> you're good at land navigation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So, so we go north, right? Well, I can't go straight north because if I go straight north, I'm not gonna get to. I'm I'm not gonna get to Winnipeg if I just go north. If I just turn here, and start walking when this, and you know, I, I'll I'll admit that this was a cheap compass that I bought on Amazon, so it it may not truly be north but it says like this right here is, is is north so if i start heading this way chances are i'm probably not going to make it straight to winnipeg the thing about purpose is when i get an idea when, when i when i get something i have to begin to navigate i have to begin to take steps of faith there's a certain degree on here all these are are degrees and and when you find the right degree when you know exactly where it is on the map you can find the degree on here. And you can shoot this thing, this like, it's called like a back azimuth, I think is what it's called. And, and you can figure out how many steps it would take to get to Winnipeg. You can figure all this out, math. Like, figure, I am terrible at math, but this was the only math I ever understood. The military did something good for me. They taught me that little bit of math. Um, and so when you get the right degree, you can make it there. When you get the right degree, when you get it figured out, when you have purpose, when you've applied that faith and put it to action, you're going to start taking some steps and you're going to start finding a way. You know you where you need to go. We all know that we're called of God to do something, right? We all know that. So what is it? Well, if I'm not taking any steps to figure it out, I'm never going to figure it out. What, you waiting on God to audibly speak to you? Me too. He hasn't audibly spoken to me yet. But you know what? I'm going to take steps. And you know what? Oh, you know what? This is the way that I should go. Oh, this is, this is what I should be doing. I'm taking steps. I'm figuring it out. Sometimes I'm going to try something. I'll be like, oops, never again. You know? And, and that's okay. Like, on those, on those things back there, don't worry about the commitment part. Try something out on there. Do it for a month or two. You don't like it? Tell me. We'll find you something else. I'm not worried about that. Don't be afraid that if you do it, you're stuck doing it and you're the only person that's going to do it. I'm not going to let that happen yet. <laughs> but but just, just hold on. Like, just try something and see where God leads you. See where God takes you. You see, Bible study teaching can start with floor sweeping. Bible preaching a message can, can start with scrubbing a toilet. You're like, how can, how can scrubbing a toilet bring a message from God? Well, I'm telling you, the, mo the best, like the best thinking place is the bathroom. You go in there and you just, I mean, I'm telling you, like the thoughts. 
You're like, Zach, you're headed in a bad direction. No, I'm headed in the direction I've got to go for this message. I'm telling you. All right, so I got to take steps. I found this compass. You know, we, we, we look at it. We find all this stuff. I have direction. I'm figuring out these things, right? Okay, let's talk about Ehud. Who knows about Ehud? Anybody know about Ehud? He's in Judges. You do now. Judges chapter 3, okay? And, and, and you know what is so great about Ehud? Is, is, is this story, man, it, it's so full disclosure, like Cindy's talked about how she doesn't, you know, some of these older stories, like they're gruesome and, and stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, but there's another mindset you got to have when you read the gruesome stories. You got to change your thinking a little bit when it comes to these stories. And, and so that's what I want to challenge you to do today. Last week, I said, you need to start writing your testimony. Today, I'm challenging you to change your thinking a little bit about how you view the enemy. So here we go. Let's look at Ehud. We're going to be in Judges chapter 3. And in this chapter, we see the people of Israel doing what was wrong in the eyes of the Lord again. And unfortunately, because of this, they are handed over to another king that rules over them for 18 years. So in the last service, I was like, if you are under the age of 18, you probably shouldn't be in here. But it's okay. Uh, you can be under 18 and be in here. I said, oh, you got some, you probably play some video games that are worse than the details of this story. So in Judges 3 verse 15, it says, then the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he raised Ehud, son of Gerar, or Gerar a left-handed Benjamite as a deliverer from them. The Israelites, oh, I just saw your hand go up, Cindy. You heard everything in the first service. The Israelites sent him with a tribute for King Eglon of Moab. For the people who didn't listen to the first service. Does anybody know what this man's talent, Ehud's talent was? Yeah, he was left-handed. How many left-handed people do we have in here today? Just one? We got one weirdo in here. <laughs> I only say that because Cindy, uh, Cindy, if I <laughs> if I didn't pick on you, you would know there was an issue. Okay, so Cindy gives me a hard time. I give Cindy a hard time. It's all good. Okay, <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> um, but but left-handed people—they're like the minority, right? Like the most, the majority in here right now is right-handed. So like, here's this guy. And <laughs> Oh, say it again for the internet. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. 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 <laughs> There's going to be plenty of laughs in this message. All right. All right. So uh, the Israelites, we find this guy. He's left-handed. The Bible, like, this is, he's left-handed. Like, what kind of, what kind of talent is being left-handed? Like, I mean... Cindy, it's awesome that you can do that, like that you can write with your left, you do everything with your left hand and, you know, like that, good for you. It's so cool. But like, what kind of talent is it really? Not, not much of one, right? Like, it, it's, yeah, it's just using something. It's not really a talent. Yeah. You play baseball different. You play the guitar different. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you eat different. Oh, okay. So she does everything else right-handed. So she's, She's like almost normal. <laughs> so, so whenever, you know, when I, I can eat ambidextrously when it comes to food. Like if I had to have my right arm tied behind my back, my left arm will be fine. Like if you had both, I'd probably figure it out some way. <laughs> um, but, but the idea is here is that it wasn't much of a talent. It wasn't much of a thing. It wasn't, it didn't say Ehud was a great warrior. It, it didn't say Ehud was this, this great soldier. Did it? No, it just says he was left-handed. He was a left-handed Benjamite. That's it. But he said, yes. I know that throughout this building, people that are watching online, I know without a, without a doubt in my mind that you have a greater talent than just being left-handed. Cindy, you are amazing at the cards that you make and send to people. Like you do a phenomenal job. And sometimes that can seem like for some people that may seem like it's minimal, but it, it is a huge ministry. Oh, so much. Like when I hear someone got a card from Cindy, 
You know, I don't know what's in that car, but I know it's awesome. And I'm thankful for it. And it, yes, every one of them like are individually made. They're crafted with love from Cindy. You know, I, it's amazing. And there is nothing minuscule about that ministry, but you're doing it and you're doing a phenomenal job about it. So what is your ministry? What is, what is one of the talents that you have? Like so many times we go to work and we make money with our talents. And, and, and that's okay. Like we, we view that as okay as to, to sell our talents to the highest bidder. But, but what about what God wants? What, what, is, what is he asking from us? What are we willing to give to him that he freely gave to us? How can we take what he's given us and turn it for glory? So these poor Israelites, they just keep messing up and they, they, they find themselves, you know, under the rule of, of, uh, of the king here. And so they cry out to, they cry out to God and he hears him. So, so in those moments of oppression, he still hears you. Like, even though you messed up and turned your heart away from him, he still hears you. He just needs you to cry out. So I, I never want you to forget who Ehud was. I had a friend who, who, who preached about him um, quite a few years ago. And he was like, Ehud, the left-handed dude. I, will, I never forgot Ehud. Like, Ehud, the left-handed dude. Never forget that. All he was, was a left-handed dude. So, here we find ourselves. The man with his superpower was his left-handedness and his willingness to say yes. Yeah, I know that there are some more talents in here than left-handedness or right-handedness. I, I, I know that there's some people in here that'll say yes. But I also know that there's some people listening, whether it's here or there or, you know, wherever, that might just say no. Why is that? Has it, is it because maybe you look at what someone else does and says, oh, I couldn't do it like that? Yeah, you probably won't do things you probably won't sing like Ashley. You, you probably will never preach like I preach. I pray you don't. <laughs> but you will do it how God has ordained you to do it. So don't be, don't be afraid of where you're at right now. Be confident in where he wants to take you and what he wants to use. What you have is enough to change an entire group of people. Just like this, we see Ehud, the left-handed dude, say yes. Stop saying no to God because you don't think you can do it. He was just left-handed. So what does he do? He was also talented in a sense that he made himself a double-edged sword. So in verse 16, it says, Ehud made himself a double-edged sword, 18 inches long. He strapped it to his right thigh under his clothes. So I wanted to bring this to you today. This is like an old World War II bayonet. And uh, I brought my handy dandy tape measure. I like to measure things. 18 inches. Okay, so 18 inches. I want you to, I have to do this so that you get the next part of the message. Okay, so like, if you don't understand 18 inches, you won't understand the rest of the message. Okay, so from what I understand, a knife is or a blade is measured from the tip. And this is called the heel where the blade stops. And from what I understand, that is what is measured. That's what you get when you have an 18-inch knife. That is 18 inches. So this, this whole thing is not 18 inches, okay? So think about this. This right here, so like this first bolt on here is 18 inches. So, you know, his was probably something like 24 inches total length, okay? His sword that he had. You're like, why is that important? Well, just hold on. <laughs> just, you just wait. You're going to leave this place. And you're going to be like, oh, my word. Things I never knew. And so the other thing that's important about this is where he strapped it. On his right thigh. Now, when you go to pull, you know, if you, if you were carrying a firearm, you'd probably carry it on this side. Because, you know, the barrel's like this long. So you don't have very much to go, you know. But, but here, if I tried to pull my... I gun out like this, you know, I gotta like pull it out of its sheath like this, you know, it's like, that's not very effective, right? So if I'm right-handed, I'm gonna wear it over here. Well, he wasn't, he was left-handed. 
his talent was wearing it and being a little bit different than everybody else. I said in the first service, you know, you don't see in the Bible anyone else that was left-handed. Maybe Ehud was the first left-handed guy. <laughs> and maybe he like created a whole generation of left-handed people. And so Cindy, maybe you're a descendant of Ehud. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, it doesn't say that and I'm not like put that in there you know like don't don't be all like oh that said Ehud was the first left-handed dude <laughs> just so first one in the bible mentioned Adam could have been left-handed too I don't know <laughs> but um he strapped it on his right side it's not a big deal it's like but you know what when the enemy begins to predict things like they see well it's always done this way so let's you know this is how we stop things so continues to happen here is kind of awesome so Ehud just left-handed and could make a sword I bet you there was better sword makers than Ehud I bet you there was better left-handed people than Ehud probably better right-handed people than Ehud like I'm sure there was a whole group of soldiers that were better than Ehud that were that were more equipped than Ehud but he said yes to what God asked to do and so because of his willingness to say yes, God said, I'm going to use you. It's hard, to, it's hard to be used if you don't say yes. So let's learn a little bit about, about King Eglon. Who Ehud, the left-handed dude, was going to see. Judges 3.17 says, <clears throat> And brought the tribute to King Eglon of Moab who was an extremely fat man. The Bible, like, okay, so like, this is the part that you gotta take the physical hat off, okay? It's really funny, but you gotta take the physical hat off and put the spiritual hat on. And you gotta realize what the Bible is doing right here. It is painting a picture of the enemy for you. Okay, it's, it's giving you some descriptive words to see the enemy before you okay and so i'm talking about i'm talking about the devil i'm talking about what he's doing okay so like all the stuff that i've said prior to this this is going to apply to some spiritual warfare stuff and then i get real excited when i talk about this okay so i believe that the things mentioned in the bible they, they have some significance okay so so when i change the perception of my mind now when i think of Sometimes when I think of the devil, like when you, when you think of the devil, what, what is your perception? What do you think of? Like some people like, you know, he's got his, his horns. He's, he's got his tail, right? He, he's, you know, like we, we yeah, we, you know, we pick out, yeah, yeah. We pick, we pick out like this really, we have a vivid picture, you know, like whatever the artists have told us what he looks like. That's what we think, you know, and generally, you know, it's like big, you know, for some reason he's muscular and all this stuff, but I don't see it where the enemy is super strong or anything like that in the Bible. You know what I see? I see a fat man. So sometimes we got this mindset that the enemy is this big bad dude when the reality is he's just a big fat man sitting in a chair. I ain't got no power. Okay, like you're like, well, okay, Zach, okay, like be careful. I, okay, hold on, just you got to keep it in the spiritual mindset. So sometimes the problem that, that, that seems so big that's in front of us, the only thing that's really big that's in front of us is the enemy and not the problem. And so maybe the idea is that we need to get and sit, begin to say, yes, God, what do you want me to do? And we need to do things a little differently. So when he came to the king, you don't think they checked for his, his sword? Yeah, well, everyone else was right-handed. So everyone else wore their sword on the left side. But Mr. Ehud, the left-handed dude, put it on the other side. So he was doing things a little bit differently. And the enemy just was going around, well, you know what? This is how it's always been, and this is how it'll always be. Sometimes it's kind of like the church. We get the mindset of, I need to keep doing it this way because I've always done it this way. And the reality is, is we are missing out on an opportunity to throw a curveball at the enemy. And I think as the church, I mean, shouldn't that be our desire to put the smack down, to get off of the defense and get onto the offense and say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of holding this little piece of territory. I'm going to take some more land. I'm going to have victory in my life. I am tired of living this way. I'm going to see victory in my life. And so... Moving on, in Judges 3, 
18 through 21, it says, When Ehud had finished presenting the tribute, he dismissed the, he dismissed the people who had carried it. At the carved images near Gilgal, he returned and said, King Eglon, I have a secret message for you. The king said, silence. And all his attendants left him. There was no one left in the room. It was Ehud and King Eglon. That was it. He had a purpose. He had a word for him from God. Then Ehud approached him while he was sitting alone in his upstairs room. It was cool. He, he, he was up there where it was cool, where the AC was blowing, where, the, where, where we had his fan and it was nice and chill up there. And he was sitting there because, you know, it's hot where he's at. And so, you know, he's, he's, like, I get hot in the summer. I can only imagine, like, this guy was, he was hot. He must have been big, like, he must have been real big when you think about it. Like, I know it's like, maybe it's hard for you to imagine, but like, I think about this, and, oh, Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into Eglon's belly. Like, oh, Zach, it's getting gross. No, I haven't got anywhere near gross yet. You, you just hold your horses, okay? Let me tell you, okay, so, like, remember, we're painting a picture of the enemy. He's like, he, he told Eglon, I have a message for you from God. And so the king stands up. And the message is, bam. <laughs> Here's the sword in your belly. Now, uh, that's awesome. So he's left now. He's by himself, right? There's no one else. This is, this is where the Old Testament is awesome, okay? Like, you don't, you don't get any of these cool stories like this in the New Testament. Like, you, know, like, you don't, uh, Peter cut off someone's ear. Jesus puts it back on. Like, I mean, this right here, like this is painting the face of the enemy for you to see. When, you, when, when you're having a bad day, you need to picture Eglon. Oh, no, not today, Satan. Mm -mm, greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. Like, not today. I'm, I'm going to take some more territory. Like, I'm going to do things a little bit differently because I, I'm going to surprise you today, Satan. Like, I'm going to keep taking steps. I'm going to keep taking that little bit of territory. And there ain't nothing you can do to stop me. Okay. See, I get a little excited when I talk about this. Okay. So, here we go. Your purpose. Your purpose. The thing that you do. The talent that you have. Your purpose may be what liberates, not just yourself. Ehud wasn't the only one who was liberated. Ehud wasn't. It was a whole generation of people. For 80 years after Ehud does this. 80 years. 80 years. A generation of people. Okay, so let's, let's continue on. So your purpose isn't going to just liberate you. But it's going to li liberate other people. So all we see is Ehud, a left-handed guy who knows what he's supposed to do. And he does it. Sounds scary. Like, yo, God, couldn't we come up with a better plan than me taking something to the king and hoping that maybe everyone leaves the room? Maybe Ehud was okay with losing his life that... If I could liberate my people, it would be okay to lose my life in the case of doing it. What if it meant losing your life? Would you be okay to sacrifice and say, yeah, I'm going to do it? I don't know what was going through Ehud's mind. I, I don't know if he knew that there was going to be an escape for him. I, I don't know that he knew any of that. All he knew is that he needed to take out this enemy. And, and many times in our lives, we get afraid of the enemy that's in front of us. That, that we have, we, we've painted a picture of him being big, bad, and strong. And the reality is, is he's not. He ain't got no power over me. I'm the one one that has power because I have relationship with Jesus Christ. And so in, in, in Judges 3, 22 through 23, this is right after Ehud sticks the sword in his belly. Now, if we stuck this sword in my belly, like it wouldn't take long before it would start poking through my back, right? Okay, like it's, it's 
Not too far in, right? Okay, well, check the way. 18 inches, remember? 18 inches matters. Okay, so Ehud, even the handle went in after the blade. He stuck it in so far, he was like, mm, you ain't getting up after this. I ain't taking some, I ain't just taking and stabbing this in the fat. I'm getting some organs with it too. And it says in here, it's gross. Eglon's fat closed over it. This went from 18 inches to gone. Like, think about that for a minute. Okay. This is, this is not even as long as Ehud's sword. And it was gone. Okay. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. He was a big guy. Like, the more that you think about this, the uglier this guy. I mean, he was big. Okay. Like, but then the, this next part right here, and, and I'm going to say this, and you all, like, we're going to take a minute. We're going to have our, our humor. I said, and, and, and you know what? We're, we're going to move on. But this is an important part, too. In this part right here, and you'll be like, how is this important? Well, just hold on. And the waste came out. How many times have you heard the Bible read where someone poops their pants? Hmm? Y'all probably, you've been to other churches and you probably never heard the pastor get up and preach about someone pooping their pants. But here I am today to tell you, your yes, I'm going to totally take this for Ashley said this, your yes makes the devil poop his pants. Like, I don't know about that, but I, I want to say yes, because I, I, I want him to be scared. I want hell to know my name. All right. So, so Ehud then escaped by way of the porch, closing and locking the doors of the upstairs room behind him. So now King Eglon, he's locked in the room with a sword stuck in his belly, a mess, <laughs> dead. Now, like this next part. Like, you're like, ask the question, is that necessary, Zach? Is it, is it really necessary? Yeah, you know why? Because so many times we have this, this vision of the enemy being so powerful. And the reality is what I want to bring out of this whole series is I want you, when you walk away, to realize that your story has power over the enemy. That where you have been is not where you're going to stay. What you have gone through is not where you're going to stay. But there is a plan and a purpose to take you someplace that you never thought you'd ever go. And you need to have faith. And you need to start taking those steps and saying, oh, not today, Satan. All right. Yes, that's why it's necessary. Because you've got to change your perception of the enemy. So this, this just begins to paint the picture of how much a loser the enemy is. Like, I, like, get that, get that in your mind. How much a loser the enemy is. And when you think about it like that, you're going through a bad day. <laughs> yeah, my day's bad, but at least I'm not Satan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least I'm not the enemy. <laughs> yeah, I read the story, man. <laughs> you pooped yourself. Part of this story is mostly just the wow factor that you get from hearing me say it. So um, <laughs> that's where this sticks with you, okay? You'll never forget about Ehud in the Bible now. And I hope this begins to change your mindset, Cindy, of how you see some of these Old Testament stories. <laughs> Maybe it won't, but I, I, I didn't put it in my notes. But this next set of scriptures is so important in knowing, okay? So it, it's uh, Judges 3, 24 through 25. It says... Ehud was gone when Eglon's servants came in. They looked and found the doors of the upstairs room locked. Remember, Ehud locked the doors. Now, what do you do when you go to the bathroom? You generally, you maybe sometimes you lock the door. I mean, like at least in a public place, you lock the door, right? So, The doors of the upstairs room were locked and thought he was relieving himself in the cool room. I mean, who doesn't like to go to the cool room when you have to use the bath? You've used a hot, you've used a porta porta potty. Ain't no one likes to use the porta potty. You get hot and sweaty in there. But if it had an AC, it would be okay. 
I know you're probably all thinking I'm crazy right now that I'm even talking about any of this, but I got to keep painting the picture for you. The servants waited until they became embarrassed. His, his staff was embarrassed by the smell. His own team was embarrassed by the way King Eglon smelled. Okay. The enemy, like, you got to get this. You got to get this. This is so important. The enemy's team is embarrassed by the enemy. Okay. Like, think about that. Like, they didn't go in and check on Ehud because he smelled bad. Like, his own team is so dumb. Like, and we're afraid of them sometimes. But we don't have to. Like, this is painting a picture of that, of the spiritual battle that we face. And too many times when the spiritual rises up and we begin to run away and hide and fight, that really there's nothing to be afraid of. There ain't anything they can do. So Ehud escapes in verse 26 and while his servants waited, he passed the Jordan near the carved images and reached uh, Sarar, uh, Sir, uh, oh, I'm struggling with that word. Uh, after he arrived, he sounded the ram's, ram's horn throughout the hill country of Ephraim. The Israelites came down with him from the hill country and he became their leader. He told them, follow me because the Lord has handed over your enemies the Moabites to you. So they followed him, captured the fords of the Jordan leading to Moab and did not allow anyone to cross over. Not anymore were the people from Moab coming over. No more. Like we're not allowing that anymore. Like they finally got their act together, Israel. Good job. You finally got your act together. Don't worry. Next week, they'll be back in the same place that we started at. But, um, <laughs> but, but here they finally get their act together and they say, nope, not anymore. You're not going to be allowed in our land. And, and then this next part is important. Moab became subject to Israel that day. And the land had peace for 80 years. So think about this. For a long time, Israel had laid down on the ground and allowed King, fat old King Eglon to put his foot on Israel's throat. And a lot of times, this is what we become. Come over. I need you to put your foot on me again. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I look up and I see a much taller person in this position. In this perspective, she looks a lot bigger. And a lot of times, this is the perspective that we look at the enemy. They look a lot bigger than what they actually are. And because of the position that we're in right now, we're afraid to stand up and rise up. But wait a minute. Hold on just a second. Thank you. When I begin to change my perspective, I realize that I'm stronger than the enemy because I have a relationship with Jesus. I realize that the enemy really doesn't have power over me because I have a relationship with Jesus. I realize that when I say yes and the devil gets scared and things go on, then I realize, hold up. Now, he's subject to the team I'm on. Israel, Moab became subject to Israel because Moab, because Ehud said yes. What could happen to the enemy by a simple yes from you? If you changed your mindset of what you see the enemy to be, if you began to have a shift in your perspective what could change in your life, but not just your life, your family's life, your friend's life, your co-workers' lives, the people you come in contact with. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why it's important to say yes. That's why it's important to have a view that the enemy is a loser, that the enemy is weak, that, that he doesn't have authority over you. That's why we have to change our perspective. That's why I got to read about King Eglon to you because you've got to understand the enemy is not powerful, that he has no power. And in this case, Israel was subject to a king that had no power he didn't have muscles maybe one day he did 
But he got comfortable with where he is. We can't be that as the church. We can't get comfortable with being subject to the enemy. We've got to put the enemy in his place. Let's get on the offense. I'm closing here. A couple things I want to, to, to bring out. I had challenged you last week to begin to write your story down. Seriously consider doing it. Because that's like the last message is about your story. And it makes it easier if you have your story written down. So write your story down. I need it. <laughs> I'm not going to read it, but maybe. I don't, I don't know. Write your story down. Put it on paper. Because your story has power over the enemy. Are you ready to take the next step? Are you ready to find that passion? That, that, that you, you know, oh yeah, this is, this is where I've been. But I see where I'm going. And I've got passion to keep taking those steps. Yeah, I've got bad days and I'm getting knocked down on my knees. Yeah, I have bad days and I fight with my wife. Yeah, I have bad days and I want to, you know, stay in bed all day. But you know what? The majority of the time, I'm going to have faith that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think. It's going to be better than. I'm going to plant that seed of faith. I'm going to plant it in someone else. If I take an apple and I cut it in half. And I pull the seeds out. I got a lot more seeds right. You know how many apples those seeds will produce. If you'll take care of them. Hundreds of apples. Thousands of apples they'll continue to produce. That is the purpose of faith. Not to sit and look at the seed, but to plant the seed into a place that you don't see it anymore. To put that seed in a place that's dark, a, a place that doesn't seem like it should be there, but and cover it up and, and begin to tend to it. And that faith, not only will it begin to produce and sustain for you, but it'll produce great faith. And you can plant a whole orchard of apple trees if you need to. Think about that. Your faith is there for a purpose. It is to be used. It's to, it's to take you to places you never thought you would go. Sometimes our talent is just being a left-handed dude. That's okay. It's okay. You know what, Jim? If all you ever do is make coffee, I'm okay with that. I think you can do more. Cindy, if all you ever do is make cards, I'm okay with it because you do so good. At, but I know that you can do more. I look at every person in here and you have a purpose. You, you have something. Maybe you can't see it right now. Maybe I'm the only one who can see it. But every person in here, every person that's online, you have a purpose. You have something, a gifting from God that he can and wants to use for his purpose. Psalms 27. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but it's 1 through 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom should I dread? This is the psalm writer David writing, When the evildoers came against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell. Again, David writes the perception that the enemy doesn't have hand-eye coordination, that they're clumsy. They are not a formidable foe. You don't have to have that fear that they are. Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I will still be confident. My confidence isn't found in myself. My confidence, my identity, all that I am has always been found on Jesus Christ and him crucified on Calvary. My purpose, everything that I am hung on an old rugged cross. He gave his life so that I can have life more abundantly. I have the greatest message. You have the greatest message. We have a duty to 
say yes. It's time to mobilize as a church and begin to take ground like we've never taken ground before. To see God move in areas we've never seen him move before. Yeah, we may be small right now. Yeah, there may not be a whole lot of things, but there's people online that are watching. There's people all across the state, all across the world that have watched our services. We have a reach further than you could imagine. And I'm going to preach like there's 10,000. I don't want 10,000 people in this church. Just by the, just, just too many. We'll have 10 churches. We'll have 15 churches. Like we're not going to have 10,000. Okay. I promise you that we'll have 30 services. If we do <laughs> my, my, my vision for this church is not to be stuck right here, but to, to see, to just Drive down Highway 10, you see a town, there needs to be a church there. Dri drive up Highway Highway 34, I I'm telling you, you get to Park Rapids, there's a church that needs to be in Park Rapids. I believe it. There's people in our E-Family group that are from Park Rapids, that are from Purim, that are from Frazee, that are from Staples, that are from, I think we have some from Modena, maybe not. But all those towns, all those towns, you're like, well, they got a church. I, this is what I'm saying, though. A lot of churches are just doing what the church has always done. And if, and if the enemy's figured out the plan, you know when the military goes out on their route clearance and all that stuff, you know they don't do the same exact thing every single time? That they go a different way? It may be longer, but they don't want the enemy to be able to predict what they're going to do. We can't let the enemy begin to predict. Oh, the church is so predictable. I know if I put this stumbling block... They're going to begin to fall. No, no. Let me throw some stumbling blocks out there. Let, let me throw some things out at the enemy and begin to see him fall, stumble and fall. So rethink, church. Rethink where you're at. Rethink your life. Rethink where God has called you. Rethink what you need to do. We need to have a change of perception. The enemy Amen. is not over you and has no power over you. God, I pray right now that you would begin to move in this place, God. God, I pray that as we take this time to pray, God, that you would, that you would move in our lives today. God, I pray that you would touch us. God, I pray that you would minister to us. God, I pray that you would touch us. Let us see a change in our perception, God. God, I pray that we would realize that we are not subject to the enemy, but we are on your side, God, that we get to walk in victory, God, that he has no power in Jesus' name. If you need prayer today, I would love to pray with you. But take some time. Ask God to change your perception and what you need from him.